0: post-apocalyptic. This is Rob. This is John. All right, John, you're a USC film graduate. Yes, I am. A writer. Yes. Directed a few things.
1: A few. want to direct more.
0: So Canon Films comes to you and goes, John, we want you to reboot Mannequin. Reboot Mannequin. Do you remember the movie Mannequin with uh, Andrew McCarthy and a mannequin?
1: Is that the one with, uh, was it uh, Meshack Taylor?
0: Yes, as the sassy black guy. Yeah. Um,
1: as, as in the 80s, uh, every movie had, should have one. You had, had, had one.
0: And had overly gay. Overly.
1: Just like, yeah, you look back at the movie right now,
0: You oh, come on. Yeah. You know? You're like, all right, and you wore like fat, flashy clothes. Right, you had this
1: of... weird glasses. And, yeah, it's a yeah. St- stereotypical 80s. Like if you made it today and you just want to make it stereotypical, like, you, you couldn't make it as
0: you know awful as as, as that was, but and if um, you did it now, it would just feel wrong. You would watch totally. your first day of dailies going, yeah, we need to yeah, uh, exactly. course correct. <laughs>
1: exactly.
0: Back then, you know, you could do what you wanted. It was eighty-seven, so they're going to give you. Let's see what the original budget was: six million dollars. Got Andrew McCarthy, who's hot. I mean, this is eighty-seven, six so million, he's yeah, he's a. Uh, Hot Andrew McCarthy, I guess. Yeah, totally. Made forty-two million. So they think, you know what? Almost two thousand twenty. You're getting twenty-five million dollars to reboot Mannequin. Twenty-five million. Twenty-five million. It's still low budget, but you know they have to play. They're they're going name recognition because they had a sequel that did not do as well. Do you remember the sequel? I I remember there was a sequel. But oh, okay. I don't remember the sequel. Maybe that's why it didn't do well. If you if anyone doesn't remember uh, Mannequin, it is a. Uh, I'll read the little brief synopsis. Uh, Jonathan is a young artist who doesn't seem to last at any job he does, but when he builds a mannequin, he builds a mannequin. He makes it so perfect, he falls in love with it. Already there. I mean, we're on the territory of Shark Lake. Yeah, this is Uh, is amazing. It's the first thing he's made that has made him feel like a real artist. The The mannequin ends up in a window of the big department store. When he saves the life of an old lady who happens to be the owner of the store, he is rewarded with a job as a stock boy not really a good <laughs> what? that's not really a reward as much as we'll employ you yes, as it's... the worst position you'll have a paycheck the later mannequin comes to life who was an ancient Egyptian living in the year 2514 BC the two redesign the window displays to make the most eye-catching in town the store competitors are not happy and will do anything to stop them <laughs> this is the best 80s plot wow this is great it's such an '80s so plot rich. where it's things that probably never happen. Like right. a department store does windows, yeah. There's probably another department store. It's like we need to move up our game. Right. The way they made it's like some sort of we need to stop them. I, <laughs> I must be. It's so good they must be stopped. And it's such an '80s plot where you're like, I, I'm reading that now and it sounds terrible. I saw a mannequin. I saw it in the theater and I probably saw it two or three more times because I was. Yeah. I, I did like the Andrew McCarthy. Yeah. Uh, you know, Weekend at Bernie's and St. Elmo's oh. Fire. No, St. Elmo's Fire? Maybe? Maybe I don't like Andrew <laughs> McCarthy as much yeah. as I think. Oh, yeah, Pretty in Pink. You yeah. know, always played like, you know, the kid on the good side of the tracks. He was a good kid. He was a clean cut kid. Clean cut kid, just knew what he was doing. I mean, obviously, you can tweak the premise just a little bit and uh, I was right, he was in St. Almost Fire. Um, <laughs> this is your shot, John, USC film alum and it's, you know, another USC film alum. It's like, I like your style. I think you can bring your voice to Mannequin. Mannequin the reboot, I'm redemption. To Mannequin <laughs> redemption. You know, you gotta add some sort you of add uh, the, you know that uh, colon yeah. redemption. Um, what do you keep from that premise? What do you make your own? And do you just bring Andrew McCarthy back as the store owner that hires him? I think. As a stock I board? think you know part of the fun. And I remember that movie, watching
1: it on cable um uh, quite a few because t- i really did like it like i thought it was charming like i thought andrew mccarthy was charming he was a solid actor i was too young to like know why i liked him but he was really really solid like all those I think all those kids were um sort of spader and yeah. Emilio estevez like all those people were good those sort of brat pack you know where these guys are actually you look back on it now they had acting chops so I just, you know, I mean,
0: I mean, I was young, so I would have responded to the to the whole movie a little different than I would today. Well, yeah, mannequin coming to life, some sort of oh my god, my yeah, you know, it's hit, touching on some sort of childhood fantasy yeah. of, some sort of some sort of inanimate of... objects or you know something you like coming to life, Absolutely. a la Toy Story, right? Some sort of whimsical tale,
1: you know. I, I mean, I I liked it. Um, <sighs> Just listening back to the, uh, the synopsis, there. <laughs> You're like, like, oh, I don't they, know if I can do this, <laughs> yeah. but they, they must be stopped. It, yeah, just, it just is. La- it just, as you read, it just seems laughable. Like they must be stopped. I mean, today we have, you know, there's so, That's that industry is 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 so um, competitive, but you know, there's a lot of creativity going around. Um, you know, there's a lot more uh, brands today i actually know somebody who this is their job to put out displays and stuff okay for a major a major brand um but it's 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 something where you know uh, each each brand has its own thing so i guess that's the sort of uh antagonist protagonist thing in the in the movie where it's like this store against you know this department store against another department store and their displays and i guess the displays are so good that the other the other guys can't keep up, so they must
0: stop them.
1: It's just, it, just seems, it just seems stupid. It, it also seems weird. like something
0: you could not have in a new one. And from what I remember, a lot of it was very much career opportunities, if anyone remembers career opportunities, which is two people locked in a target, a girl who's running away from her dad. I Once again, I'm going to butcher the synopsis of career sure opportunities, which I've seen, I just barely remember. So I think it was maybe a rich girl because it, it's always a pretty rich girl. Running away from home. She stays overnight at Target. There's a new stock boy, uh, just like this one. (laughs) Of course. He has the night shift where he's locked into Target and has to clean Target, but he's kind of known as, you know, the neighborhood liar. And then two guys want to rob Target that night. But most most of it takes place inside the store overnight. And from what I remember of Mannequin a lot of the whimsy stuff because she's only alive for him. Mm. Anytime someone walks in, she turns back into a mannequin. Right. Which for me would just be like, all right, I'm just i crazy. I need to not talk to this mannequin anymore. That all happens. I just remember a lot of funny things happening while they were creating the windows at night. So you almost, I mean, you have the good thing is you have, you can base it simple. It's all about the actors. Maybe that's why this worked because Andrew McCarthy was good. But then you had a security guard the owner and Andre Neffa. I think James Spader was in it as like the owner's schmarmy, you know, assistant or something.
1: I think they, they learned, uh, uh, early on that if you just throw sprinkle Spader in there, like it can be gold. Like, uh, yeah, Lincoln, you know to go like Lincoln like had Spader in it he he added this oh my god i totally uh, forgot about that you
0: know he added this sort of comedic relief where you're just like
1: what? okay yeah, yeah like they, like, he, you like you like he was forcing people
0: to vote in the senate or something like he was the one bribing and forcing people to vote <laughs> yeah but that way right and it was funny though it was but, like, but in a yeah we, <laughs> very I'm very unorthodox. I it was sort of out of the Spielberg wheelhouse for that movie. Yeah. Like, it's not that Spielberg can't do comedy, but it was serious, serious, serious funny moment. Right. And it was amazing, kind of out of left field. Yeah, no, totally. Like,
1: Spader has that, he's that character. He's that guy. Like, he's that singular actor where, you know, the minute he comes on the screen, you don't know what this is. You don't know what he's going to do, but
0: you're watching him the whole time and... It's, it's amazing. Yeah, he chews scenery in a way where he knows he's chewing scenery. Yeah. You know he's self-aware. Like, he's f- even though he's in his character, <laughs> totally. he's fully aware of what he's doing, and he knows he's good at it, but not in a dicky, condescending, or, like, just ego way. Like, I'm going to chew scenery, and you're going to love it.
1: No, totally. i getting a little tangent here, but I just often wonder, where does that come from? You know, it's like you have like Crispin Glover, who is just crazy. And and he couldn't do Back to the Future 2 because he just wanted to do things
0: his way. And Zemeckis is like, no, that's not the character. You have such a minor role in number two. I don't need you to bring your crazy.
1: You know, exactly. And it's like, I'm sorry, we can't do it. I want to have you there, obviously. You know, he can't be what you want him to be but you know he was convicted and he's like well this is what i want i I can't do it if if i can't do it my way you know and i guess they agreed to disagree i know spader was spader back in the 80s but he has grown to today to be something of a i I mean i I don't even know how to describe it but he is not what he was
0: you know it probably comes with like a sort of a robert downey jr who's I mean, who they've all done movies together. Yeah. Brat Pack That's, is. Yeah. You think it's the the rise and the fall, and that maybe he's more grateful that he has a career, so he just sort of enjoys it more because he was, you know, like with all the the Brat Packs, they were on a trajectory, they were rising, 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 and then like someone like James Pader was playing the same type of character, yeah, and then sort of fell off. All of a sudden, Boston Legal came along, and then he just people loved him on Boston Legal with him and shatner and that was when he decided not to care about being skinny anymore when he started boston legal i remember there was an interview with him he was skinny ish you know and shatner was shatner and he goes then he realized he goes why don't why am i still working out a lawyer wouldn't be working out so it gave him an excuse to be fat <laughs> and even though he's not fat he's not the rail thin that he was yeah. was my guess is i'll, I'll bring up uh, james spader on the interweb it's that people that are just grateful to come back and have a continuing career i mean he's always been good no one's ever denied that he wasn't a good actor but if all of a sudden you're on the poster you're either your name's on the poster or your face and name are on the poster and all of a sudden you become the person that might be in the just the bottom part of the poster and then you're not anymore that has to gotta mess with you when everyone tells you how great you are
1: i mean no absolutely and i mean you just make a good point about Boston legal thing, and that's definitely when I think he came on the scene and I looked at the show I'm like, I know that's James Spader, but is that, who, what is, what is going, like, is that the character? Like, I couldn't believe that the writing, even though, you know, it's David E. Kelly, right? Yeah. I, I couldn't believe the writing was that specific and that good, that You just, you know, put James Spader in that role and he has to be all of that. And I know as an actor, you add your stuff to it, but this was a a sort of a sort of a singular vision, I think, of an actor to say, this is how I'm going to do it. This is how I'm going to approach it, Um, you know, because when you have James Spader is some sort of, you know,
0: a special kind of crazy against a Bill Shatner, who's right. also, you know... And Bill Shatner is gonna bring Bill Shatner. Yeah. He's not gonna get into a character or the mindset of a lawyer. He's like, oh, I'm going to work. What do you need? Just be you, Bill. Yeah. His character, I bet, was almost named Bill.
1: Probably. Because <laughs> he's... Shatner is, you know, that... I don't know if that famous, like, uh, bit where he's, you know, I guess it's ADR or, something, mm-hmm. and, or maybe voiceover spewing out the, the words and he says, you know, sabotage. You know? And... <laughs> And the guy's like, "Oh, can you, can you say sabotage? Like, it's not sabotage, it's sabotage." <laughs> he's like, "Oh, well, I don't say sabotage. I say sabotage." <laughs> he's like, well,
0: I, well, "I know what you say." Uh, yeah, I know,
1: but but it's, it's 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 right. It's it's sabotage. It's not sabotage. Yeah, he's like, "I know you say sabotage, but I say sabotage. That's what I'm gonna say." I don't say sabotage,
0: but I like that he knows that was the word yeah, too. Like, exactly, I know, and I can say that, but that's not what I say. Wow,
1: yeah, exactly. <laughs> so it's like if you want me to record it, this is what I'm going to do, or else get somebody else. Uh, <laughs> I don't say words like that. I say words like this. That is amazing. So it's like Bill is going to be like you said. Bill is going to be Bill. Yeah. He's not going to be... He's not going to... Uh, he's not going to Daniel Day-Lewis any performance for you. <laughs> I, I just you, those words that you uttered. <laughs> of, like, Daniel Day-Lewis
0: and Bill Shatner. Like I, I, I would see that film. Daniel <laughs> Day-Lewis as Bill Shatner. And he would just... You would never know. You wouldn't know who was who. Exactly. You're like watching... This. I, I don't know. how. Is this a... <laughs> you know. Oh my god. That, see now
1: that's the Now I would find some way to inject that into the new Mannequin reboot. Yeah. Daniel Day-Lewis and Bill Shatner. They what, could be the opposing
0: company. What would it take you're rebooting Mannequin. What do you think it would take to get Daniel Day-Lewis to say yes? He's so choosy. He he doesn't do things for he doesn't do favors. He only does movies he wants to do every 4 to 5 years. Now
1: yeah. And I see here's what I would probably do is I would spend, I would beg to spend some time with the director, Rob Marshall. Mm-hmm. Rob Marshall directed a nine uh, with Daniel Day-Lewis. Hey, Daniel Day-Lewis, it was a musical. He, he didn't want to do it. Uh, obviously.
0: Did and, you see the nine? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: He did not want to do it. So I guess... He flew to wherever he was, and he said the reason why I did he said he was so damn charming. Huh? He said he was charming, and that's what... So I need to know what... What kind of charm you need to bring. What kind of charm. Because it's a mannequin. We don't have, hey, it's Spielberg. It's about Abraham Lincoln. You know, we don't have that. Of course he's going to do that. If he's got to choose between projects. If he's got, like, mannequin...
0: And Lincoln, like yeah. he's not Jewish. Yeah, joking. yeah, he's uh, he's taking Lincoln every time. Exactly.
1: So, um, I don't know. Does he have kids?
0: Do we know? Uh, geez, I have no idea. You know,
1: I'd I'd, I'd have to.
0: You he's know. good. He. I know nothing personally about Daniel Day Lewis. He makes a movie, yeah. does like one interview, and disappears until that next movie comes out he's pretty good i mean yeah. <laughs> not like any i mean not like i should know if he has kids or his age or anything but he just kind of eats up in a role and just disappears because that 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 role uh and there will be
1: blood i, I just I, I remember really being really affected by his performance and
0: the power that he had wow um, that was one of those ones though like I, I mixed feelings about there will be blood i thought he was great yeah now, him and paul dano were fantastic didn't really like the movie which is weird because it is weird to not like something that you can love an actor in yeah. like daniel day lewis brought something i hadn't seen and paul dano is just i've always liked paul dano i don't know it was just something about the movie i didn't really care for but his performance was amazing
1: yeah it was it was one of those things i saw it i saw it in the arc light and oh, it go. was like that sort of i don't know, I think thing was 70 millimeter
0: oh okay and, um I I loved it, um, you know. I, I saw it as a screener and it was on two discs. Oh, I don't oh. know why they put it on two discs. You can put <laughs> the two discs. You can put screen. it on one disc because they released it on one disc, but as a screener they put it on two. So that just, well, that was probably my anger. Yeah, that, that had nothing that, to do with the alone movie. Be, come on, It had nothing to do with the movie. That was just me being angry at them putting it on <laughs> two discs. And yes, it was all probably about experience of probably just sitting there seeing the movie, which looked. I saw it at home and it looked. I was blown away with how good it looked yeah at home yeah it,
1: it, it was it was a
0: special special thing and
1: as far as pt anderson like i'm not i still have a little resentment towards him because of the whole like you don't need film school you can just do it kind of thing um and you know but he's one of those guys that like he has talent like he has chops right so it's not like he's just some dude you know with a camera going around shooting
0: because there's a lot of those guys turn on the internet exactly (laughs) but they're not doing what he's doing so you know um but also on there my there will be blood he surrounded himself with some pretty thick talent no uh, Um, totally. and once again it it, yeah it has nothing to do with his style but it's like you can surround yourself with the talent that'll make you shine a little better
1: yeah and and i and i you know now i have q and a's or anything like with him like i i i definitely pay attention to because he's one of those filmmakers who you know he likes to try things and he likes to do things his way like you think about there will be blood in the premise of that today you know and trying to pitch that to an executive going, well, i don't know 1800s late 1800s oil mm,
0: I, it's just yeah, because once again, how do you even pitch it? Because I saw the movie. I couldn't tell you what it was about other than Daniel Day-Lewis. Yeah. I, I mean, and, and, it's, and it's not any, not slighting anything about the movie. It's just sort of, I don't even know how you pitch it. It's a character piece about oil in the 1800s. Uh, no. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. I, I would be the studio exec that we get shamed later. He said no to There Will Be Blood. Once again, There Will Be Blood didn't make any money. Right. Made money. It wasn't, it was more, it's more of something like this. It'll be shown at film schools, oddly enough. Right. Right. <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> the guy who said you don't need it right. will be studied as a film uh, person
1: i mean and, and I said, you know, having gone to film school I, I mean you don't necessarily need you know you know film school to to be a good filmmaker um and I sort of understand more. I sort of probably took more offense to it because I was in film school and I At the paid time, so yeah. much money to go yeah.
0: <laughs> that I'm like, wait a minute. George Lucas in um, USC told me yeah. I need this film school. <laughs> exactly.
1: But um, you definitely have to be a student of the uh, of the craft and, and, and hone your stuff. And, and I know that's what he's
0: talking about. But, you know, this talent goes in there too. Um, and that's the thing. And I think I, I'm on both. I think going to film school for some people is the best thing to do. And there's others that kind of don't need it because you have some sort of either natural talent it seems so weird i'm sure there's some people talent to make films yes there is a talent. go watch shark lake i'll tell everyone to go watch shark lake oh well, once again he made his film so what the fuck am i talking about <laughs> i think it does take some people that don't know the specific rules it, 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 there aren't rules making films there's guidelines on things like cross cuts and editing and how you should set up shots. But there are some people that don't have that. Just go, let's try this. And there's probably someone going, no, you don't do it that way. And then you do it and it looks interesting and new. You can't do it every time. It just works for that movie. Like he might compose a shot and maybe do something that no one else would do because there are rules. I'm air quoting rules. (laughs) Um, Nice. But yes, I imagine in film school when you have just dropped all this money and there's this guy who's made films, you don't need this. Yeah, I think that's where it came from.
1: Yeah, it's not necessary. Really? God,
0: a lot of debt now. <laughs> um, Would have loved to hear this talk uh, <laughs> a couple years ago. Exactly.
1: But you're right. It's, it's good for, for some people. I think it was good for me because I think being in an environment where... You with a bunch of other people who have the same passion as you yes you do and you guys can collaborate what i wanted to do when i went to film school was i was hoping which did happen that there were a bunch of people in there from different backgrounds different places around the world different perspectives making different movies and it can sort of influence you know what i was doing and you know i could influence what someone else is doing we can all sort of get together and um you know critique and um encourage each other and I think that that's part of what I learned at USC that was really, really valuable. Whereas, if I just from college went to came to LA and just started shooting something, I don't know what kind of filmmaker I'd I'd be today. You know, you have another person who just started shooting you something today. It could be a great filmmaker. It just depends on your your path. So I'm I'm grateful for having the opportunity to go to to usc and even though it was expensive uh it still for me was a great experience because i was with i was in la for the first time and i was with a bunch of other people who had not been in la before either oh, and well. you know they just loved movies loved you know uh the craft and wanted to learn more and um it's kind of exciting because you're all sort of on the same level you know, and there's at that time, there's really no like, oh my God, this person has made, you know, movies um, that have been successful for years and they're just here. I don't even know why they're here.
0: Some programs are like that, but. Um, well, yeah, you might have kids in your class that have maybe done more on their own. Yeah. But yeah, no one's going, no one's going to go first year U- USC Film School who've already sold a film. Right. So, oh, I've already made a film, but, you know, I thought I'd go back to school. Yeah, unless you're james franco who would go do that he
1: just he just he just loves to do things he just loves to be like we we always talk about him like waking up and getting out of bed and he's on a set somewhere he doesn't know where he's he's just just giving my lines and i'm, I'm shooting and he may do what
0: three or four films in a day i don't know but it's something like that teach four classes
1: yeah, you know take four classes
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah he's just someone who likes to learn and move on and that's yeah admirable i yeah. mean he just doesn't want to not be doing something which nothing wrong with that it's just kind of crazy i know uh, do you think franco see we, we, we've gotten off the mannequin thing
1: but <laughs> intentionally <laughs> um do you think franco will get into the uh, the spader sort of shatner crispin glover i didn't want to bring him up because when I do, I know he's going to dominate the conversation. <laughs> Nicolas Cage, Uh, uh type of uh, type of, of an actor. Just because he's when you see him, like he takes chances. For instance, the uh, Spring Breakers movie. Yes, Spring Breakers, where he was just he was just in it. Like he's completely. He committed. Daniel Day Lewis did. Yeah, completely committed. He was there. You know and. There are other movies where Franco is kind of the same sort of maniacal character, just letting it all hang out. And I think he's sort of edging towards,
0: you know, I'm just going to be who I'm going to be. And, you know, it's it's going to be Franco. Every James Franco movie I've seen... He's someone else. But he's still James Franco. Spring Breakers is probably the one exception where at no point did I ever think this was James Franco. Yeah. I, I never sat there. I, I knew who it was. I was like, wow, look at him. Never thought about it the rest of the movie. Yeah. But I, he is, I would say he's almost the verge of Nick Cage, but controlling his Nick Cage. I saw there was a movie with Jason Statham. So I was already in. Jason Statham oh, and um, James Franco, which the James Franco character could have been Nick Cage. He was insane and acted at a level of 11 when everyone else was at a five hmm. for no reason. It was a movie, oddly <laughs> enough, written by Stallone, who I think would have been in it. Uh, Jason Statham was a star. And then uh, James Franco played the bad drug dealer, of course. Of course. He, he I want to say he might have had a beard, too. So I think he was rocking a beard. Oh. But I think, yeah, I think James Franco, I, I like the fact that he does something different every performance i think he doesn't even know what he wants there's some people it's like i'm only gonna do comedies or i'm only gonna i'm gonna be a drama guy maybe i'll do one comedy in my career or i'll just be tom cruise it's like Mm -hmm. i'll just make these type of films for my career i don't think he knows what he wants in his whole career i don't think i've ever seen two of the same james franco movies i think he's like i'm gonna try this now no no that didn't that didn't really do anything for me. I'm going to be uh, a Daniel Day-Lewis. Here's Spring Breakers. Yeah, it took a lot of energy. Yeah. Like, it just seems like he wants to bring something different to every role, which you want to do as an actor. He's virtually, he's basically the art house Nick Cage. People don't make fun of him, though. Or they make fun of him because he's James Franco, but they're not making fun of his performances the way we do with Nick Cage.
1: Yeah. And I mean, like, James Franco is... Still, like, a a good-looking guy, like, a a solid, you know, actor. Like, you could still sell him, you know, in mainstream um, media. Nick Cage is sort of like, I don't know what he's really done to himself. And he's always, like, he's, like... I have to be this brand of crazy for me to do uh, any role. And you know he does B
0: movies and C movies. I've seen them all. But <laughs> I'm not proud but I've seen them all. They don't even go to hate watch cuz I enjoy every I one mean, of those it's, movies.
1: It's it's cage though, you know. It's it's cage. It's like and I'm sure there are but there should be classes on just cage nick
0: cage he's just, just like, watch his whole career yeah in any order it wouldn't even matter
1: he really doesn't i mean he's just he's always been that way i remember seeing vampires kiss Ooh, deep cut and love like loving this this is probably the first movie that i saw where i loved it and nick cage was so damn weird but i didn't know why i, I didn't know why i loved it like i'm like i shouldn't really like this but I'm up at like
0: five a.m. watching it. Uh, yeah, vampire. I'm gonna look it up right now. I remember the movie, but I think it's a, it's an '80s film, so yeah. it works for. Well, I was thinking early '80s, but it's '88. Yeah,
1: I, I just I just remember I was like, wow, I really like this. I'm like, but it's weird. I'm like, why why do I like
0: this? Like, it, a lot of it's just Nick Cage. It's just him. and he's also that thing we were talking about. He's a version, sorry, a very very off version of Daniel Day-Lewis. He commits. He believes he's in that movie, which I think, no matter how bad the films have been lately, which are all shot in New Orleans for some reason, he's either saving a kid, either a bad cop, or a bad cop saving his kid. There's a variation of every one of those, uh, or there's a ghost story. There's a new one I haven't watched yet. But I think he commits to it, so Vampire's Kiss probably came across his thing and was like, great, I'm in. No, totally. And I think, <clears throat> excuse me. I think
1: that what you just said is right. It's like he commits, like he puts in work. Like if you go to say uh, a basketball game and you have, you know, a team that's really good against a team that's pretty mediocre. But on that mediocre team, there's a guy just playing his ass off. Right, you know that guy is going to stand out obviously because he's on a mediocre team. But like, there's something in you. They go, "Wow, he's he's really committed. Like, he's really he likes his job. Yeah, he's just he's 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 in it. You know, and he's um, he's invested. You know, and I think that Nick Cage, like, you put him in a B movie with sort of actors that are you know, and not on the A list, so to speak. We're looking at you, Outcast, (laughs) with Hayden Christensen. And uh, it's like he's he's committed. Like, I don't care if he's that, like like you said, that bad, fat cop who's trying to figure it out. You know, like but he's, like, there. I think he believes he's in some tentpole. Like, he believes that he's in a movie that's probably going to make $200 million. Because he's in it. Or be important. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. You know, I mean, there's something about that. We're like, wow, he is really invested. He's not there just phoning it in. He's not like, well, you know, they gave me money for my, my debt that I can clear, so I'll just kind of... Even though that's sh- why he's doing all yeah, these films, exactly. because he's kind of in debt and he had to do them, but he's still committed. But he's still commit. He's still like... He probably just can't be on the set and go, eh, I'll, I'll give you know, give my B game today. I'm going to bring my B
0: game. I don't think he has a B... I don't think he, he understands... No. Even if he has a B game, it's still his A game. Totally.
1: My B game is my A game.
0: Yeah, it's like...
1: <laughs> cage. I mean, it's just... He knows that... I think he knows that he is, like, this icon. He's, like, an entity of, into himself. unto himself. So, he knows that
0: that's, that's who he is. And that's where he feels well, and comfortable. And he's a about. caricature of himself now. Yeah. He plays Nick Cage playing these characters. Right. Which, somehow, I don't know what movie it was that he transitioned to that. But he literally has become himself playing himself. Like, he's regular Nick Cage playing crazy Nick Cage in any movie. He doesn't know he's playing himself. Yeah. <clears throat> he's like no this is the level i'm always at
1: i mean it's amazing like you see him in moonstruck like, he's great but he's crazy in that movie like he's he's still got this like there's something brewing in him there's some sort of like he goes sometimes he goes crazy in that movie but like you could tell like he wants to
0: really let it go And he probably did on take one and two. And they're like, okay, just just, uh, bring it in. Exactly. uh, Just just a little less. (laughs) And now, like,
1: take one to take four, they kind of want him. You amp it up more crazy, especially if it's some, like, B-movie. They probably just want, like, well, we got Nick Cage.
0: It's probably the thing we're going to sell the movie on, so we want him to be as Nick Cagey. We want people to make animated gifts of <laughs> Nick Cage from our film to circulate, then people will talk about our film. You know, that's what I, I would do.
1: And you know, Rob, if you went into the studio and pitched it that way, that'll be like, okay, yeah, yeah I can see that. I mean, that's like genius thinking because it ain't gonna sell, like, it ain't gonna sell nothing. You may have sold the foreign rights or something like that, but if you say, you know what, we want to make animated gifts, which there are a lot of them out there. I used them a lot on my last show, and then that will sort of, you know, inject, you know, your movie into the, you know,
0: yeah, because there are times like I'll I'll have seen an anime gift from an actor I know, and it's like I don't remember this movie, and I try to find it, and you can eventually figure it out, and you're like, oh yeah, I remember, I like that one. So people are probably digging deep. It's like, what crazy Nick Cage film is this? Yeah. I made it basically a Nick Cage movie that you just make animated GIFs and memes out of. (laughs) So That's the the whole point of this movie. But yeah, no, I mean, not obviously anyone can just look it up. Yeah, he's always been some sort of version of crazy. It's like Raising Arizona, Moonstruck. Yeah, absolutely. Vampire Kiss, Wild at Heart. I'm skipping a couple. Amos and Andrew. That was really good. Yeah. RC seen <laughs> Andrew. Guarding tests were still mellow, but he had a couple Guarding tests, right. But he was still like protecting tests, but still kind of
1: Oh Yeah, there was yeah, you're right. He was probably his most the last movie where I saw he was his most subdued was in Guarding Tests. But still, yeah, he just can't like he's not—he's like a kid. Like you know how you tell a kid to
0: sit down, like a young kid to sit down. And there's no way they're gonna sit down. Yeah. they just can't. And They'll just, sit down, but not yeah. on their hands, on their feet, yeah. on their head. Right. It's just like
1: it's just I just I like I'm I'm doing sit what down down you like said. People.
0: Yeah, but not the rules of what you said. Exactly. I, I okay. I think I found the turning point. So we have all. He's always been crazy. Kiss of death. Do you remember Kiss of death? He well he plays character Little Junior Brown. It was him and uh, David Caruso. It's like David. David
1: Car- <laughs> was this the movie that David Caruso stepped
0: out of? Uh... Screw, screw this yeah, TV yeah, money. Yeah, exactly. I'm a star. And then Kiss and, of Death. Yeah, and Kiss and of the- Death. You know he was. The- yeah. And I, and like, I think Nick Cage had put on ten oh, pounds Big or himself. something. And but he played like this insane mobster or gangster. And then after that, you can kind of see The Rock, Con Air, Face Off, Snake Eyes. Yeah. Bringing out the dead. Gone in sixty seconds. Although Family Man. Somehow I, was about, they were, I was about
1: to say Family Man like all of sudden, was another
0: one, yeah. Uh, and Captain Corelli's Mandolin. Somehow they were able to tame him for two. Like, he was like, you know what? I've been playing this one character. Maybe I'll do something else. No one cares. Oh, and then he did Wind Talkers, Right. All right, he did do Talkers. Yeah. Then National Treasure, Lord of War, Wicker Man, Ghost Rider. <laughs> Next, Bangkok Dangerous, Knowing, Bad Lieutenant, Port of Call, New Orleans. Um... Kick-Ass, he was really good, but he was just himself. Sorcerer's Apprentice, really good. Crazy. Mm-hmm. Uh, Drive Angry, Ghost Rider 2, Stolen, Joe, Outcast, Left Behind, Pay the Ghost, The Trust, Dog Eat Dog. <laughs> like like <laughs> These are, are all mean? movies um, that he did this year. No. Um, <laughs> he diswarmed. Wow. I. <sighs> Nick Cage is...
1: Yeah, I think he just wants to be the sort of enigma. He, he, he enjoys the wicker man's the uh the ghost riders the um like face off i mean he 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 just you can tell like this is like where he wants to be yeah you know the whole
0: leaving las vegas you know where he got that oscar oh, i i didn't mention that one because that's the anomaly he was brilliant i was i was waiting even at that <laughs> age i was waiting for cage to come out i was like when is he gonna be like it was the second viewing when you could appreciate you watch it going all right yeah there's something and then you're just like oh that movie was real then you went back and watched it went oh my god he knows how to act and no one ever faulted him for not acting yeah no one had seen him act like that right in a long time
1: yeah because i I was just like nick cage oscar no and then i was like he's probably at some point gonna blow up, he's gonna start talking to the you know, liquor bottles and you know, I don't know what
0: he's gonna do. It's almost like he got it and went, I did it. Put it on the shelf and went fuck exactly. you. Exactly. The rock. I got my Oscar. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's go do what I really want. Somehow he got all these scripts for the rock. Con Air and face off went, I can't do these if I want the gold. I'm pushing that off. Gets it? Yeah, and like, then pushes everything else to the side. Anything, it's like, uh, Steven Spielberg, serious no. Yeah. He's, he's <laughs> what have you got, Michael up. Bay? I'll do <laughs> but, all of them.
1: Because, you know, if you had, like, say if you had a reboot of something. I don't know. Like, like Manic, like <laughs> <laughs> You know? <laughs> like, the first person, robbed, I would hire. Like, you said, what would you do with... Like, I don't even know what I'm going to put him in, uh, What? I, how I'm going to implement him into the movie yet. But I would hire Nick Cage. No, first of all, Nick Cage is a, is a good actor. He's a also a big name. You know, there's like you said, Steven Spielberg serious piece. You know, there's all these um, movies that like you can at least put him in. Well, I guess there's uh, Snowden.
0: Well, like, yeah, I don't know what his role is. I don't. Is I don't know yet? what
1: his role is, but I know it's probably not some. I bet uh, it was a day uh, role, a main role. But like you could put him in as something. You know. Oh yeah. So. You know, he's probably not doing that because, you know, I think speculating here, of course, but like he has to pay his bills. So he's doing these movies, but I don't think that's it. I think he's also enjoying these movies because because he's he's the dominant dude on set like when he's on set. It's not about the director. It's not about anybody else. It's all about Nick Cage. So he probably likes
0: the fact that... I would even that, let him direct you know, his own scene. What do you want to do? I would, lo- see, I would love to see I'm going to stand you know over that. there. I'll even let you call action and cut and just go. You just look at the monitor and go, it's, this is just amazing. Doesn't matter how I cut it. It's gold. Amazing. But if you had... Okay, Daniel Day-Lewis, obviously, he's not good enough for our mannequin. Uh, no. If, <laughs> if you have Daniel Day-Lewis and then even Nick Cage... You could probably sell them if it was say you you got them for two days. Daniel Day Lewis agrees, or Nick Cage. I think Nick Cage would do it for a week, but if you offered them something different, garage, uh, it's like a comedy. Imagine like maybe Daniel Day Lewis. Like, look, you don't have to don't have to research it. Just be funny. That's all we want. And We want you to do something kind of light and funny with this dialogue. I don't need you to be the store manager. I don't need you to go do two months of research on what it would take to run a store or read some Egyptian uh, text on how a manic could come to life. You don't need to know that. I'm going to give you the sides. I'm going to give you the script. You get the sides the day of. That's it. I just want you to bring some funny. And this is for... uh, That would be for Daniel Day-Lewis. It was almost like, I think, once again, I think he would always be off the table. But I feel like if you almost... Propose like, look, I know what you do. What you do deserves every Oscar. I just want you to be funny. I just, I know you can be funny. Just kind of want, how about this? I want you to be quirky. Think of Nick Cage. Do your best Nick Cage for one day. That's it. Don't even need you to research. We'll pick you up. We'll drive to your house. We'll leave a script at every goddamn door of your your place (laughs) and just show up.
1: Yeah. The only thing is, like, if you go to the studio and say, "Hey, I I got Daniel Day Lewis and Nick Cage to agree," they'll probably come back to see you. Okay, do we want to still do Mannequin though? Like, can we find
0: like, no a Mannequin better- is what you signed <laughs> me up to. <laughs> can we find a better project for these two people? Um, Yeah, you're only going to use them for one day. (laughs) Yeah. Yes. Exactly. USC Film School. But use use it for one day.
1: And what I would do with Daniel Day Lewis is he could be the you know the shop owner, the competing shop owner, but he can only be like he's so he has so many shops, and he's always talked about throughout the movie until one day he's going to come visit and really see what what's going on, and
0: that's the one day we. We have him exactly. You know, um, you actually write it in the script. We he only comes by one <laughs> day. We're literally, just a wink to the crowd. Exactly, L- literally we got him for one yeah. day.
1: Exactly, um, and I think that that's sort of like, like you said, have fun with it. Bring the funny. Like he's done little little spots or whatever. Um, uh, maybe spoofs for the awards or whatever like that. But um, you know, if if he like does which it seems uh, to be the case, a movie every five, six years. Yeah. And, you know, (laughs) it's Asian Gus. The reboot of Mannequin, really? Even though it's one day, you know, I don't know. I mean, I think that would be a great, a great get. And I would just try to see how I can um, utilize his, his talents to, like you said, like bring like the funny, like,
0: this guy, like you said, chews up scenery, like nobody's business. You know he'd come and it's like, all right. I went to my people. I have a wig, prosthetics. It's like, of course you do. <laughs> <laughs> but hey, what? Look, we don't <laughs> have time. Like whatever he wants he to just do, he just shows that's the up. And you're like,
1: great. You got to go with whatever he comes with. But you know it's going to be like good because yeah.
0: he wants his, you know, his legacy to be of a certain uh, caliber. But I think also too, like with Nick Cage, who has bills to pay. So we have twenty five million for mannequin you could break him off a million and just call it a day get him for a week though for that million you get a week yeah <laughs> but i think you present him with almost like you're the funny guy you're crazy but you'll you know i think sometimes it's like they want to do something like nick cage is funny but not in the way i think he thinks he's funny yeah like if he's doing i <laughs> uh, scroll to the top I think um, that's so true actually. drive angry rage left behind oh that was a religious movie so that was, you know, like he's doing, you know, Southern Furies coming up. <laughs> Southern Fury. Vengeance, a love story. So, Vengeance,
1: a love story.
0: So I don't think, I think you can almost present him with something to do something different. Look, it's lighthearted, you know? Yeah. Just like, this is what we want you to do. But do you... <laughs> I'm i sorry, I'm still laughing at vengeance, a love story. Yeah, I, vengeance, a love story. <laughs> like We can dive
1: into that. I know there was a... Um, wasn't there a a movie it was something and it was a love story but it was like i don't know what it was like monster a love story or um it was something really like lurid and it was like a love story it wasn't like some things come to mind i don't
0: even (laughs) want to say yeah oh yeah it's probably something well vengeance a love story has nick cage and don johnson so you already know what you're getting for this okay all right Uh, (laughs) Nick Cage. I'm kind of there though. Nick Cage and Don Johnson. A Gulf War veteran seeks vengeance against those who assaulted a single mother. Cage is got to be the the Gulf War veteran. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Cage was uh, was supposed to direct it. But what happened? Uh, scheduling conflicts because you know he does twenty. Oh, because films. he's guys. It's like what <laughs> set? Have to keep his eyes open.
1: It's like, you have to be there every day. Oh, not every day. (laughs) No, not every day. Can't do every day. Can't do every day. Every other day? Every week? Every other week? How long do we have to make this film? Could we have, like, two years? I'll direct
0: only on the days I'm on set. Yeah.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I I think Cage is definitely the shop owner. Here's the thing. I think that you give Cage a million dollars for a week. And I think he sees the the script and goes a week. He's like, no, I gotta, I need a bigger, you know, I need a bigger role. Like, I want to
0: sink my teeth into this. This is, I got some ideas, <laughs> you know, I got ideas for this. Would you take his script <laughs> ideas if he goes, look, I have some script story? I mean, not not the overall story, but he has script ideas for his character. Do you just agree? Don't even read them. I, I, just go, you
1: know what? Yes. I sit, I sit into a room, I sit in a room with him, and I go over those ideas, and I would probably take three. And wh- what I like to do as a director, I like to um, have at least one scene where I give the actors the situation and um, it's kinda like Curb Your Enthusiasm that I worked on. Um, you just sort of like get them, you know, give an outline of what's gonna go on in the scene and you just let them go and just let him uh, atlet. And it's really worked um, really well for me you see some raw stuff you see some real stuff and you know you don't really do it in the schedule where you know they haven't you know gotten to know each other if you know if you can permit them time to really know each other know their characters it's really interesting to see you know what they do um sort of live like theater almost okay um and so what i would do with, with with nick is i would like take three of his ideas i mean if they're all good i'll take them but uh take three of his ideas and sort of try to figure out a way to where it could work for me or to where i know it would work you know it's just like it's like you're taking mannequin and trying to do something with it it's like here's here's a um scenario go but basically is what you're saying yeah so um and if i have like nick cage Daniel Day-Lewis, first of all, I'm like, uh, I'm going to work with a smile on my face every day.
0: Um, got to figure out who the uh, Andrew McCarthy guy is. How about this? Nicolas Cage is the Meshack Taylor. You give him... it's. I mean, it's so terrible. You almost can't get away with that now. Not, not it's like our PC world, but I don't know if you give Nick Cage the over-flamboyant gay role. It, it just seems like he would bring... Or is he just the crazy guy, the ambiguously gay? We're not saying he is. Yeah. Do you give him that role? Like, the crazy friend. See, the thing but is... But he's older, but he also works at the store. Because it's not like, from what I remember of the movie, it's not like Andrew McCarthy and Mishak Taylor are friends. Mishak just works at the store. So yeah. it's like, it's, it doesn't have to be age appropriate.
1: I think that... Here, here's what I think. I think that the Mishak Taylor role, like when I... About Nick Cage, me, when I think about Nick Cage, the sort of natural role <laughs> that I think about him in is, is the Meshack Taylor role because
0: Meshack is so over the top. Yeah, know? he doesn't necessarily – once again, I don't even know if they said it. It just was implied that it Meshack was, was on. It was implied. They didn't say it. In the but 80s, you just only had to do two or three things yeah. <laughs> to imply that someone was gay. Exactly. Like but wear this outfit. <laughs> you put Nick Cage in those outfits – put him in a good wig because he would like lo- he loves the wigs long Any, hair wig
1: anything like some actors like anything you can give me to like s- you know put me there in this role uh, that's that's kind of what he wants to do Um I almost think it's like typecasting casting to the point where like okay it's Nick Cage but see what I would do is I would flip it and we'll do something more interesting with it he could still be ambiguously gay but um but I definitely want an element of Nick Cage crazy in there. Uh, but that
0: I think that would lend it. You give him a nice long wig, but just kind of like a good curly wig, I think. Yeah. But not not in a way where it's like, oh, gay. You know, just like give him long hair cuz maybe even a version of con hair con hair con, con, con hair, hair version but maybe a little more manicured. The crazy clothes and just go. Because I think if he's in, fla- not flamboyant clothes, I keep saying that's terrible, just like bright clothes, something like you would never picture him wearing in a sense. like he's just, you know, he's got, I don't know, like multicolored, maybe like parachute pants. Yeah. And, you know, he's, his character's living in the 80s. Okay, his character's living in the 80s. I like that. I like, I like
1: those guys who are like, like totally, totally in the 70s. Like exactly, like, like you go out and you see them, you're like, what? Like get get the, uh, was it the pork chop sideburns? Yeah, and the uh, the glass, the aviator glasses or whatever, and the the afro, and they got the bell bottoms, and it's just like they think they're so cool. The chains,
0: yeah, and they're lying. not. It definitely looks more like a costume because they're not like, I've always liked the 70s vibe and they update it. They're like, no, no, no. No, no. Uh, this is the 70s. It's totally 70s. No, it's not updated <laughs> yeah. at all. It's like 70s. And not inspired yeah. by the, it's like, no, I... <laughs> it's like they never they never left. Yeah. And you go into uh, Nick Cage's office. He has an office at the store yeah. and it's just everything. He has like a guitar on the side because he's a musician. Air quote musician. Yeah, he got some posters up. Got a Duran Duran poster up. Totally. Just you know, cassettes and vinyl because it's like he he's a, in, he's in it. It's like that was the best time in his life that he's not leaving, and he can just be sort of over the top.
1: Yeah, I mean, he could go play, and I think that that's kind of what he wants to do. So Misha Taylor obviously was a a presence in there. He could play that role, but
0: like the shop owner was that a big I I Estelle Getty? Remember was the, sh- uh, the shop, the store, or the...
1: Getty was the shop, uh, non, like,
0: um, Sophia from Golden Girls. No, but, she like, was just kind of a, was just a, an yeah. older woman who owned the store, and I, from what I remember, James Spader was like her smarmy underling or something, and he played it. He, like, basically, someone's like, smarmy, okay, and then he played a caricature version of what you think smarmy <laughs> was. The slicked back hair, yeah. round glasses, pursed lips, and you're like, you're playing... The word you're not even playing a character. It's right. like schmarmy Okay. Oh, Okay, so I would have rather had James Spader from um, Lesson Zero or Pretty in Pink, where it's just that feathery hair, no, totally kind of dicky. You know, because he does that so. He well. does a dick very well.
1: <laughs> My God. Yeah. See that was he's like the bad guy, the dick. He can he could
0: definitely um, he could definitely do that. I mean, you could either young up the owner because the owner actually. I want to say Estelle Getty's probably in it 15 minutes. Like, you see him running. Because yeah, it's yeah. like, they run into her. It's, oh, thank you for saving me. Be a stock boy, because <laughs> here's the worst position I can find for you. <laughs> and then I think a couple times that the windows are doing well, and she gives him, you know, a congratulatory. I mean, it couldn't be anyone you want because it's not a meteor role and once again you get to rework the script it's not like you're using the original mannequin script you're using that as yeah the guideline re- soft reboot remake and i mean ideally if you wanted to flip it's like henry winkler is basically that character like you're looking for just a oh he would love it but just like it's a, a kind older person role you could give to anyone but almost too bill murray would play it up you have him for two days and he's just sort of (laughs) just like we have two days two days a million but that's so smart though like just get everyone you can yeah because then you can go cheaper you can get some names but you don't have to spend a lot and do you then because what everyone's doing is flip the roles is it a female worker that builds a male mannequin and that male mannequin is james franco (laughs) because i mean that would right. that would be that everyone likes to flip the roles i mean it's like all right we're making mannequin but we have to make it different but i mean you can also do it the same because i think i think it's almost harder to cast now the female lead in any of them like either the female that would be the mannequin or the female that would be the lead i think would i mean yes there it's not like there isn't female actors out there that couldn't do it but such a hard role because it is such a it's such an underappreciated role because andrew mccarthy did a lot with very little and it's like you have to find someone super nuanced but like the the kim cartrell who played the mannequin did almost nothing that's why it would be a good james franco because once again james franco not in every scene a lot of the scenes it's just a mannequin yeah do you go uh
1: j-law with uh the mccarthy
0: she would do it because it's weird, and then you... Well, then you got a $50 million movie. Because people all of a sudden will just throw money at you to make this film. Right. I think... I don't know. I'm kind of sick of her now. I think she's great. I'm just trying to figure out who... Like, who would be...
1: Because I, I would say, like, today they would go <laughs> Melissa McCarthy, baby. But, like, when you talk about a romance between Franco and, and Melissa McCarthy, it, it could be comedic, you know? And, um i thought it couldn't have it but like it, it they played play it up for comedy and as i remember in mannequin it was like he really like fell for her
0: yeah because when she was real they really had a connection so
1: yeah and and, I, and you could kind of well, at least when i was younger, you could kind of buy it but like you know if melissa mccarthy they
0: i'm just throwing it out there like they probably want to slapstick it up, and then, like, all of a sudden, like, when Franco comes... And I think with Melissa McCarthy, nothing against her, but I don't want to make that film. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, I, I know. I'm saying it'll be a different, all of a sudden, it'll like, different movies. So She'd be dominating. Then then you're making Slapstick Mannequin, which, if you watch it, it's very much that film. Yeah. Almost like a Kristen Bell would be a good female Andrew McCarthy. Okay. You know, someone who you would believe would be doing that job's kind of quirky, a little just kind of she's so normal ish yeah. for her
1: sort of the every every woman sort of girl next door
0: yeah i mean um, that's basically what andrew mccarthy was he was we need i hate to say it, it's a, not sliding andrew mccarthy we need bland and not and not in, a, in the negative way it's just like we need generic slate but he has to have some sort of nuance yeah and he was really good very good um Gosh, i throw out Franco. I know Franco either as Andrew McCarthy or the mannequin. I think he'd be great as the mannequin. He's so. But then I don't know if I could buy him falling in love. Because right now I picture him as with his dumb mustache that he has right now. <laughs> so it's just like coming to life as a mannequin. It's That's like, true. I don't know. What are you bringing? But then also, if you're on an alt world, that'd be the Zac Ephron, would be the mannequin. Because he's so. Right, picturesque or whatever. Um, Is there a role for Kevin Hart in here? Just trying to. Yes, there is. There's a security guard (laughs) that's trying to actually catch Andrew McCarthy doing wacky things, and unfortunately, yes, that would be the uh, that role. Okay, Kevin Hart.
1: This has got to throw Kevin Hart in there.
0: Yeah, I Um, think he would play the security guard because the security guard role is just so over the top because he gets in himself predicaments because he's trying to catch him with the mannequin. Yeah. So there's just a lot of, a lot of eighties comedy. So Kevin Hart as the janitor or not janitor, the the security, security guard. guard, you know, I'm, I'm trying to think cause I thought there was a janitor, but then, then that could go to, uh, Kevin James. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I've said like, you will be perfect for the Andrew McCarthy. It will be a young Paul Rudd.
0: I think. Yes. Yes, you know. I don't know. I'm trying to, I don't know if there is any young Paul Rudds right now. Yeah, I don't watch enough teen shows to know if there's a. Do you know um, that Love Actually? Remember Love Actually? Yeah, the little kid drummer that he, even though he's like 22 now, he still looks yeah. 15. He would be like the closest to a young uh, Paul Rudd, just kind of baby face, but kind of funny. And he's 25 and he looks 16, so it's just kind of there yeah, you go. every demo. Yeah, young Paul Rudd would be good, but I don't know if there's any young Paul Rudds right now.
1: I oh, don't know. I wonder if... Um, Bring
0: the comedy. Is uh, that
1: Nicholas Holt? He was in... um, Yeah. Zombie. Have,
0: uh, and um, X-Men movies. He's really good. Nicholas Holt. I buy him as Andrew McCarthy. Yeah. Because he's kind of funny, kind of goofy. Mm-hmm. Dreamy. He's, he's an attractive young man.
1: Yeah, and then... Uh, yeah, I mean, I would totally buy him in that that role
0: yeah all right so kevin hart as the security guard we have uh nicholas holt as andrew mccarthy or that character just yeah. call him andrew mccarthy it's, it's um andrew McCarthy. are we gonna change his still stay old henry winkler as the the store owner i don't think you can ever go wrong with uh such a small role and not that he's not couldn't right. bring it but he's happy yeah in like two or three days just mostly to hang out like one day of work yeah and there's two days just to be on the set just to be, you know, just hang out with us. Yeah, tell us
1: as everybody what they where they're from, what they're doing.
0: Very nice man. Um, <laughs> Daniel Day-Lewis is the the uh, the funny. Uh, yeah. Uh, store the rival owner mm-hmm. who comes by just to either deliver a line of like uh, we need to be better or we need to stop them. Right. And you may never see them again or something. And. I, I don't even remember. I think she must become a full woman at the end of the movie. I don't remember the end. So I don't know how you would even tie in him coming did, back. Yeah. So Daniel Day-Lewis, the rival sto- store owner. Nicolas Cage as the employee, the long-term employee that's the cr- ends up being his crazy friend. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, man, I love Nick Cage in 80s gear. Full <laughs> 80s. Even a joke. Aren't you 50? Give or take. You know, one of those, and he's just, uh, <laughs> it's right and, yeah, something. who else is in that movie? Uh, oh, James uh, James Spader. I don't know, like that. We we need, James has to make an appearance in here somehow, right? Yeah, if we couldn't get Daniel Day-Lewis, James Spader's the rival okay. store owner, because we'll, we'll put it on as a backup. Which you can, because, he's a great backup. Because we're not getting Daniel Day-Lewis, so yeah, exactly. <laughs> as much as we like to talk it's, about, we could get James Spader exactly. as the... The rival store. It's got to be like work a mayor into it. Andrew McCarthy plays the mayor. Yeah. I think you just have to like... There's a big store opening with the window and the mayor is going to come by to unveil the store for the winter season or something. That's Andrew McCarthy. A we'll photo op. A photo op. I remember at one point in the movie, Andrew McCarthy wakes up half naked in the window display. Right. That's the, that's the mayor role. Like the mayor... <laughs> like they come to unveil... They cut the, cut the ribbon or whatever, or he pulls the cord, the curtains open, and um, who was our lead? Oh, Nicholas Holt's laying there half naked. So it's like, he's like, ah, oh, and then it's like, this is a travesty, and Andrew McCarthy just walks off, and we got him one day. Everyone's working one day on this film. <laughs> We're going to shoot for 37 days. Everyone works one day. One day. day. Uh, what a schedule. James Spader, how about, he... Plays the almost the same role. He wants Henry Winkler's job. Even though she's like the owner of the store, yeah. but she's also the CEO. He's waiting for Henry Winkler to retire to m- take over the CEO role. So just he plays the same character, basically. Just bring him back. Yeah. Because he had no, there was no real definition of that character. He was just a shawarmy underling. Still be. Yeah. But now James Spader's just eating scenery up. Telling about his plan to take over a CEO. Yeah, I mean, I like. That. I mean, we'll have to cut it out because it's going to be way too deep for to totally. the film. But we'll just let him act in front of us. He's like, yeah, you know, that would be our treat. Yeah, um, a, you know what? This is just going to stay yeah. on the side.
1: Uh, Does who come, Or how do they find out about how awesome this this
0: uh, this window display is? Like, well, they they create the first one he just creates the, in the first, I'm trying to remember the movie. He works as a stock boy and I think he's helping and then helps design the window or something. It's, it's 80s. How about this? You know how that happens? The 80s. (laughs) Um, Just put a card up. The 80s happened. Yeah. and Cut to the 80s. So, uh, maybe Nicholas Holt saves Henry Winkler from something. He's like, oh, who are you? Maybe he was on his way. We'll leave him or not as a stock boy. It's like, you can be an assistant designer oh great that's what i want to do with my life i'm i'm an artist great you can help so and so set up the window displays that person doesn't show up as mad or is drunk and then he does it on his own and then gets the promotion and then james franco is the guy that doesn't show up get him one day he's the guy that he's going to work under james franco can have his mustache because he's artistic yeah he goes i'm here to assist you henry winkler we'll just call him henry henry yeah. hired me i don't need help and then he's drunk and he doesn't show up so nicholas holt has to do the window himself and that's where you know he's reconnected with the mannequin he created in an artist loft
1: because what will help what he'll help with or what he was hired to help with was just like hanging stuff spotting yeah. you know just, getting the right scar yeah, exactly. and gloves to just present just, everything just sort know. of uh, an assistant basically right um yeah, and he's like, I don't need any help. I do everything myself. And then, like, he ends up getting trashed or something. And then he knows that the store can't open without the display. And he wants to make good
0: it's with the Henry. New fall display. Yeah, and every, exactly. there hasn't been a window since spring or a new design. So the fall for the for the fall shopping thing needs to be done, which our schmarmy guy, yeah. you better not mess up this uh, thing. Yeah. And then Nicholas Cage, what are you going to do? Yeah. Right. <laughs> oh. <okay>. oh. <laughs> so, uh, he gets Nicholas Cage to help him a little bit. He gets reconnected with the mannequin, which uh-huh. he didn't know. We'll start up the story that he works at a artisanal mannequin place because now mannequins have to be more lifelike. And as yeah. an artist, he created the perfect mannequin in his mind. Of uh, that, oh, this will be great. Oh, we're shipping that one to this store then he gets fired for some reason we can always 80s (laughs) 80s so he ends up working at the store where his mannequin is he's like i gotta put my mannequin in because she'll be the one that sells the display and she comes to life to him in the midnight hour because he's delirious he thinks it's all a dream they put the window together it's great and he's like wow i thought it was a dream and then she wakes up in front of him again and then 80s and then eighties, but well, oh, do who do we pick out who is going to be the mannequin? That's that's what yeah we damn it needed. could have just glazed over it. I already liked our plot, and then just kind of glazed right over. Um.
1: um, she did, you know, like she played like a, a robot. Like I don't know, she's a good actress, but I don't know uh, Alicia
0: Vikander. Oh, wow, are we spending money now? I'm like, <laughs> I'm just thinking she has an Oscar. I don't know if we can afford her now. Sometimes it's like. She get
1: people like that get offered these like heavy roles, and then when they get like a hey, comedic. we just want you to like laugh it up, yuck it up. Then they go, oh okay, we don't have you know the kind of
0: money to pay you, but you know she may do it. Yeah. Um, like also someone who can be mildly funny, like Mila Kunis. I was thinking, yeah, someone that vain, although I think she's like five one. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, it would be the smallest mannequin. She's like, beautiful, but I, I think, like... But she's... As a mannequin, could, she's not... It could be funny because she's... Uh, I think, me like, it's funny. Like, she can... No, 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 totally. No, totally. I, I But and she's kind of doe eye. so you would... Well, especially if we're going to stay with this Egyptian thing, at least she kind of looks... <laughs> so, But, I mean, once again, we can... Yeah, then I guess we'd have to figure out why... This particular mannequin, as opposed to it being a pinocchio, he's just wishing for a real girl or something like yeah.
1: that, so was it like Andrew McCarthy let's call him that
0: he couldn't get girl like he wasn't like he's not a bad looking guy like well, in the eighties you're if you were just in a movie you' were a bad looking guy <laughs> um, I'm right, trying to I'm trying to think, trying to think I good guys no I think he. Just created a mannequin. From what I remember, he worked at a mannequin shop. It was like an assembly line. But he spent too much time on each mannequin. Like, he was cranking one out a month when they're supposed to do, like, one an hour. So, I think that's why he was fired. Yeah. I don't think it was that. I I had nothing to do with that. And then I think the moment in the movie, he sees the mannequin for the first time and he's like, oh, you're one of my best creations or something like that. And then she comes to life and... Comedy ensues. And then Kevin Hart runs by. <laughs> um, what are you doing? What yeah. are you doing? <laughs> so, no, I, I don't think it has anything to do with getting a woman. I think it's just he's in love with his work or something. So so it's not like... You can almost get rid of the whole part that he even created the mannequin. This guy could just end up getting a job there and the mannequin comes to life for him. I mean, really, it's like him building her doesn't really add anything. It added an 80s element to the storyline.
1: It adds an 80s element, but it also adds a bit of, like, creepy... I mean, you got, like, weird science. And all, but it, it, it adds, like, well, I've created you. The sort of, you know, Frankenstein yeah. thing where it's like, I'm in love with someone who I created.
0: Yeah. You know, as, as Yeah, you could probably get rid of that and just... Maybe he, like, when... Um, who who did we decide that wasn't going to show up? Was it James, James Franco goes off on a drinking bender, so uh, Nicholas Holt goes down to get stuff and he sees all the mannequins and he just finds one in the back that he connects with i've never seen one like that before grabs it for the window and that's when you can put in some sort of you know she's magical you know like if she's the one in the back of the store yeah. or the back of like where they keep everything all the props and stuff and he's just like he's just going through them and it's like i like you or something like that he just picks her because she stands out differently yeah. well one because she's five three or something. All the other mannequins are six. So maybe he's just like, oh, that's the one I want. Picks her lightning bolt, I don't know, coin in the fountain, something magical.
1: I mean... <laughs> something magic.
0: Yeah. Pixie dust. And then you don't even have to explain it. Just why? Who cares? Did you see Daniel Day Lewis? He was in a scene. <laughs>
1: really? You're watching Mannequin. Why? Is that where you're going?
0: Um, I mean, this is like a fun movie. This is,
1: this is something I'd watch.
0: I think what it's weird, it's like, it, it's one of those, and the only reason Mannequin was brought up today is like, I think the trailer floated by me the other day, and I was like, well, one, yes, movies like this are still being made, you just don't see them anymore. These are the ones that go to streaming, or like, right. these aren't theatrical releases, and it's almost like, almost like who would you put into it to even make it a magical movie? Or like, ew, like Enchanted, like I think of Enchanted, which is something that was kind of out of the norm like it was fantasy based and just hit Mm -hmm. those movies come and go and something like this that these were so like mannequins such an 80s movie there were so many of these style of dumb it was basically rom-com with a twist how do we have these two she's a mannequin sold yeah next (laughs) and canon entertainment was like what do we got next we got another five more of these films so it and it's also like what get in this presence with this is your big break and it's like all right i'll do the best i can with the mannequin reboot yeah i mean you know when you cast it like this and you sort of uh
1: you know rearrange the
0: story to sort of fit who we cast really right um, i mean you can take that premise and then everything we've done like i mean we've already done that a little bit it's like all right he no longer works at the mannequin shop because that is a little yeah, bizarre or something like. But in the content of the '80s movie, works fine. Right? Why not? Now it's like, all right, we get rid of that element. And and once again, we could have dream cast it and just went, no, it's Daniel Day Lewis, it's The Rock, it's you know, yeah, you could I, just go in we, there and just put <laughs> you know, always because he could play every. He yeah. played the mannequin and the love interest and the store yeah. and, and the store. <laughs> and you could really just put anyone in it. Hey, I'm gonna put all the top people and it's like all right got Nicole Kim and Chuatala had a four you know, it's like yeah. I'm putting every person I can in this movie. It's like, well yeah, of course that movie's gonna get made because you put oh, I got Tom Cruise in it now. It's like, well yes. Yes. But realistically I mean yes, we have a couple big gits in our uh yeah. I mean Nicolas Cage I think is is a big get but not not plausible. Right. Exactly. I think you just like, look. You're gonna play the flamboyant '80s loving friend that works at the store in a wig. I think he would be on our doorstep the next day, just going. So wh- when are we shooting? Oh, like in a month. All right, I'll hang here. Like yeah. he would just hang with you totally. until the movie started shooting. Nicholas Holt's a git. Yeah. Not enough. I mean, I think you would have to explain who he was. Like if you're pitching, it's like John goes in and all right, guys, I, f- I figured out that I cracked the mannequin nut. Here's everyone we should go after, and this is the tone I'm setting. Who's Nicholas? Holt? Hold on. i me plug in and slideshow some of these people for you. <laughs> exactly. That kid doesn't look like that anymore. I know, but his performance is nails. It's <laughs> awesome. Denzel Washington
1: as the mayor. Wait, it's just not. Yeah,
0: now you just can't. Yeah, yeah it's like you're not going to make that film. Right, exactly. We got Chris Pratt, and you're know, like. No, you don't have Chris Pratt. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, he's going to take a break from Jurassic Five or whatever. Yeah, in to... every movie right now. Yeah. Oh, Guardians Three. No, no, no. Hold on, I got Mannequin. To yeah, do. exactly.
1: <laughs> yeah, I think this is um, this is good. I mean, do we leave it open at the end for uh, Mannequin Two?
0: Yeah, I think. I guess if we open the magic element up somehow, the second one is the prequel. Well, I think with anything, everything always has to be open for. Sequels, And you can just either make a new story, which I'd be down with. It's like, hey, here's a new... But I don't know. Like, Mannequin 2 was terrible. Like, all of a sudden, there was another mannequin. Yeah. And it was like William Ragsdale and Christy Swanson <laughs> were in the sequel. Yes, I know that. Right. I'm not proud of my knowledge Phil of that. Ragsdale. <laughs> <clears throat> and for him, that was... He had bills to pay. Yeah, like he was—he was the trajectory because that—if that was eighty-seven, the first mannequin—that was probably ninety or ninety-one was uh, mannequin two. Yeah, and he's already had his fright night fame. No, totally. He was—he was—he was on that
1: trajectory maybe
0: until mannequin two. <laughs> Before we go move on, we have to at least pay tribute to mannequin two. Oh, it wasn't mannequin two. It was mannequin on the move.
1: On the move. That's yeah. right.
0: That's, I, that's why I didn't. Know that. You know
1: the move.
0: Although the poster does say Mannequin 2 on the move. Oh. Um, well, I guess people are like, eh. Oh, yeah. okay, it came out in 91. Good. Meshack Taylor came back. I, don't I guess know. what was else was he... I know, what else were you going to do? But uh, Hollywood Montrose was his name. Do you remember? Hollywood that? Montrose. That was I'd, his
1: character's name?
0: Yeah. I don't... All right, sure. Yeah. Stuart Penkin was in it. Let's see. Let's see what the director did of Mannequin 2. Hopefully, Stuart Raphael, British director. Ice Pirates. I'm kind of skipping because I don't know a lot of them. Ice Pirates in 81 or 84. The Philadelphia Experiment. Really? Solid movie. Okay. Mac and cool. me went back down. Oh, Mannequin. <laughs> <A> two. <laughs> Tammy and the T Rex. Oh, this. Oh, Tammy and the really. and yeah. The New Swiss Family Robinson. Uh, some things I haven't heard, and uh, mostly everything else I have not heard of. Sorry. Uh, oh, he's a writer. Let's see what he's written. Tammy and the t <laughs> uh, Oh, Passenger 57. No way. Uh, there you go. He went from Makami, Passenger 57, to Tammy and the T-Rex. So, sorry, Stuart Raffles. <laughs> Didn't mean to bring you up into the uh, the ether here. Yeah. All right. Well, Meshack Taylor, Hollywood uh, Montrose. I would have never... All oh, right, he passed away. I forgot about that, two years ago. Yeah, he did. Yeah. Hmm. Rest in peace, yeah. Eshak Taylor. <laughs> but don't worry, Nick Cage will be repeating yeah. <laughs> your role of. Uh... Oh, in that he was just Hollywood, okay. in mannequin. So he was just Hollywood. He, but so we learned, we learned his last name in the second. And that would actually work for Nick Cage. Just call him Hollywood. Yeah, that, I, I, think, I think I think we cast Nick Cage perfectly in this uh, film, and also give due respect, Michael. Uh, Gotlib directed the um, first one, who also directed Shrimp on the Barbie, Kid and King, and A Kid and King Arthur's Court, Mister Nanny, and a Folgers coffee commercial. So, yeah, kind of stopped working. He stopped directing in '95 after Kid and King Arthur's Court, presumably. Really? So, um, yeah. last thing he produced was Midway Arcade Treasures Three. Oh, a video game. Interesting. He went to video games, and Mister Nanny was the last thing he wrote, and uh, he wrote uh, Mannequin as well. Oh, well, there you go, Michael Gottlieb. There you go. Um, all right, so I think. I think So you took the job. You are now directing Mannequin. What would you just call it? Mannequin? Do you change the name?
1: I don't know. I'd have to
0: deliberate on that. Um, mannequin seems like I want to change it, but I, I don't know. Because I don't know what else you would. I mean, if you're trying to stay in the same vein, but then it's like, do you mannequin a love story? <laughs> man- <laughs> Going to keep in the there vein. There you go. Yeah. That, uh, mannequin man- a love story. Okay. I think it's good. I think it's a plausible. I mean, if you had 25 million, it's a plausible cast. I think and so. Daniel Day Lewis. Day- exactly. Well, that, that's that's the, the dream, dream cast. Yes, definitely. I think I was on. I think I'm on board. I think I'm on board with Nick Cage. Yeah. Playing that role. And I think Mina, uh, Mila Kunis. That's a no. I was thinking about her. Yeah, yeah. I think that's solid. Nick Holt. Is he British? Yeah. I think that just that that's the extra element. I think I'm on board. Yeah. And then Kevin Hart. You got to
1: Kevin like, Hart I mean, in a security in. outfit,
0: yeah. <laughs> just running around. It's just and in it. I think the the security guy had a bulldog, so you give him a bulldog again. Yeah. And
1: and his security guard um, outfit is probably a few sizes too big. You know. Yes.
0: Because, you know, they didn't have kid sizes yeah. or whatever. Exactly. And then Nick Cage maybe makes fun of them for that. Yeah, and they totally. those two have gold scenes oh, together. man. I think, and, and to the point where it's like, what, where's the main story? Uh, we we put the main story to the side. We, we just, don't know uh,
1: what, yeah. What is this?
0: Who cares? We put uh, Hollywood Nick Cage yeah. in with Kevin Security Heart, uh, James Spader. They have like four scenes together and we just let them go. Just go. Just... <sighs> <laughs> just eat up the scene. I right? mean, that's just, yeah. Yeah. That's worth the price of admission. And then somehow it's like in the world of store design, you need a heart. And for some reason, just working yeah, there, even exactly. it, even though he's not even the main character, <laughs> he's just sort key. of heart. Yeah. Totally. Holt heart. Holt heart. There we go. Done. <laughs> totally done. And then, you know, Kevin Hart's role is actually really small, but just put him up on the poster. Holt heart. Yeah. <laughs> Kunez.
1: Kevin, Kevin's Kevin Hart's role is small. This is find some way to bring that in there. Yeah, you just
0: gotta work in heart as his last name into heart, it. Heart and small. All right. I I think uh I think he did well. should we call Canon uh, Canon Pictures we up should, and we see should, if it, we should definitely call him and piss this. And who owns the rights of uh Do you think you could get the rights? Do you know anything about getting rights to the movies? Do you know the pro I actually I, I have um like I, with something like this, since it is already a property and not based on a um a book or anything i don't even know i guess you'd have to find who owns it You'd still have to do that you have to go and um
1: don't know i think there are different ways i mean like i guess it would be canon films you'd
0: have to go yeah, canon was one of the distributors lights. so they're the ones that actually they're the main logo on the film i think i mean i can't imagine the writer going no i don't want anyone to mess with my art i can't imagine like right but i, I mean because you ha- have to get character approval right or a character like i mean he'll get a credit as well, obviously, you know the guy that wrote uh, the fast films. Yeah, so he gets, but he, like, did, he gets, gets like, a check. He gets but, like characters, or, but they don't have to ask him for anything. Like they can keep de- no, no, the no, no, because it's like
1: he sold. I think he sold it to them. Oh, okay. And uh, so they get to do whatever they want. I mean, he gets a check
0: because you know he created the characters, um, but and even if he still owned them, I'm sure he wouldn't be halting his money no, coming. No. Hey, we're gonna jump cars, building the building. I don't know if that's feasible. Yeah. It's like great yeah that sounds like money in my my bank account i'm gonna just bring up the production companies there's a lot oh okay. gladden entertainment might be the one that currently owns it huh. i feel like what you, you c- imdb oh, okay I, I mean once again i'm not production company was gladden entertainment distributors for theatrical were 20th century fox canon and then then it has all the foreign overseas oh and then the vhs release was mgm home video guess you would just start probably with canon just go with them it's like do you own the rights to to mannequin yes we do why do you ask (laughs) (laughs) damn it (laughs) now they know we need them (laughs) do you think disney would buy the rights if you rewrote that script disney would buy the rights to to mannequin because you could make that such a pg enchanted go back to enchanted that could be the next enchanted it, to a degree. Not, <laughs> yeah. I'm selling ourselves a little high on this Enchanted, but I think you rewrite a magical script where some inanimate object comes to life and there's a romance. Yeah, you write the script, but our script maintains the 80s love. Like, we we stay with some of the slapstick store antics. But Disney buying it, I think they buy it. You could sell Mannequin to Disney if it's magical,
1: but... Yeah, know, that's the thing. Know. I don't know. If the, because, uh, I'm just saying Disney buys up, you know, rights
0: to seem to everything now. and get them as a distributor. Yeah. Can we distribute this for us, please? <laughs> Under Hollywood Pictures? Hollywood. Oh, yeah. They're There's old them. school. Canon, I think with Nick Cage, Canon would be on board. Because Canon oh. makes crap films. Not crap films. <laughs> it's, again, we want to buy the rights from them. They're, uh, <laughs> Canon makes films that we grew up loving. Yes. But right. they're not known for their high-end quality that they once were they did kickboxer and those type of films yeah texas chainsaw massacre 2 i mean those are the type of film canon probably not the first one but right canon is um i I don't know i think you call canon up and see that should be an experiment i should email like try to get a hold of canon it's like i'd like to go into remaking mannequin and see what they would just come back with (laughs) 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 But put some sort of like cool logo or like get an email address, like some sort of production company name Mm -hmm. and sign it like VP, Robert, vice president and put a couple numbers under it. Vice president of, you know, something, make another production company name up, email them, see what they would get back to me. And then, <laughs> and all of a sudden, I'm stuck with it. No, you have to make mannequin now. Fuck. What? Yeah, really like, want... What? Do I get do my it? 25 million? Where'd you come up with that? Crap. <laughs> <laughs> you have a million dollars. It's like, oh. oh. All right. Well, Nick Cage just gets all the money. Yeah. Just film him. Um... <laughs> Doing shit. Although I think 25 is a real film, mannequin. Yeah. You could do a Cinetel Films $2 million version. Because once again, you never saw the mannequin transform. There were just moments where it was the mannequin and then other moments where she was standing still and would go into a move. So you could make this movie for $2 million. Not with our cast, though.
1: Right. If you could, but today, like everybody's expecting a little more than just like...
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I don't want it to end up on sci-fi. I would like at least... Maybe Netflix to buy the exclusive. Like, you know what? We're going to put Mannequin on Netflix. Right. It's like... I like it. We're going to go into Hate Watch. Hate Watch is going to be a little different, this one. It's going to be more of hate discussion. Okay. Describing this movie, I'll just mostly read the synopsis, and we'll just talk about it. Called Pound of Flesh. Pound of Flesh. 2015. Keeping it, keeping it new. Mm-hmm. Starring Jean-Claude Van Damme. JCVD. I, I like, growing up, as probably John has, Jean-Claude Van Tam was great. Yeah. Once again, course. none of his films... I don't think I saw... I saw Time Cop in the theater. Maybe a kickboxer in the theater. Yeah, I think I saw Universal Soldier, actually. Universal Soldier. Okay, yeah. there we go. That was the other one. But he's always been this person I've always... Wa- I've watched all his films. It's like he's he's a star, mm-hmm. you know? And he made these films that, as a kid were great. It was just another level of fighting films that we right. hadn't seen. Like when you saw Kickboxer, it's like, oh, this is a version of The Karate Kid or Rocky, but for a million dollars. You know, just the like underground fighting. I think the first one even had Chris Penn in it. Uh, I think Chris Penn dies. And then Vengeance, of course, a love story. <laughs> um, this one budget of $7.5 is a lot considering all the driving they did in this film were some of the worst blue screen driving i'd ever (laughs) like the perspective like it would be the passenger's angle yeah and i honestly i think they were driving backwards it was the blue screen was an afterthought i literally think they went we need a scene in a car we ran out of money yeah after effects it's it was pretty that that once again not judging the movie on blue screen yeah but that was pretty terrible. So, a man's heroic attempt to help a woman in distress ends up with him waking up the next day without a kidney and plotting his revenge. How do you not finish <laughs> watching that movie? How do you, Now you know why I watched that film. We can read that again. <laughs> <laughs> a man's heroic attempt to help a woman in distress ends up with him waking up the next day without a kidney... Plotting his revenge the more of the synopsis is mm-hmm. in the philippines shot in toronto the main character john claude van dam is going to donate his kidney to his dying niece he's so he's already there to donate a kidney why he has to go to the philippines i don't know i think you can donate kidneys here but i mean i don't know anything deacon the main character a former black ops agent awakes the day before the operation to find he is the latest victim of organ theft. <laughs> Stitched up and pissed off, Deacon descends from his opulent hotel in search of his stolen kidney and carves a blood-soaked path through the darkness, darkest corners of the city. Brothels, fight clubs, back alley black markets, and elite billionaire estates. The clock is ticking for his niece, and with each step, he loses blood. Deacon, with the help of his former underworld connection and his civilian brother will journey through society's seedy underbelly, proving to anyone who crosses their path, nothing means more to a man than his flesh and blood. (laughs) (laughs) So it it would be easy to describe the film, but he's going to the Philippines to donate a kidney, helps a woman. This woman was being attacked, which was staged. Goes back to his hotel and has sex with her all night because Jean-Claude Van Damme. Yeah, absolutely. Wakes up. In a bathtub full of ice, the stereotypical thing gets out, doesn't know what's going on, and realizes his kidney was stolen. uh That's a pound of flesh. I don't. Was it bad? Um, yes. I mean, I mean, it's not. No, it's not Mannequin Two for any means, but it was enjoyable. I think what it is is, if this was '89, John Claude Van Damme, film, I'd be like, hell yeah, totally on board. Those damn organ thieves. Now I'm just like, why are you in the Philippines? what's going on why i don't know what's happening (laughs) so so he he's goes to a club sees a woman like i said has sex with her all night wakes up it's plotted out that's when we find out his kidney was the only match for his dying niece so remind you in one day from having his kidney taken out has about 12 fights full-on fights (laughs) Totally okay, though. He, he's sweating a lot, though. That's all they did. They put a lot of wetness on John Clon Van Damme. Mm-hmm. And in one fight, he uh, killed three people with a Bible. <laughs> <laughs> really? It That's was what? before they left the hotel, he grabbed the Bible. And he goes, what is that for? And he doesn't say. And then he kills three people with the Bible. <laughs> it's, like, I could describe it, but this movie was fantastic on a level of premise. Execution was just Okay but the whole time i'm watching and going i don't I, I don't know what this movie is other than another reason for john claude to beat people up but i think he was trying to take some sort of trying to find the right wording it was such a weird premise. like why does it have like the niece thing is just weird cuz it's not like crank it's a completely different movie crank they take his heart yes. right yeah the, the first one they took his heart one or two, they take his heart. They made two cranks, first of all. Um, so they take his heart. So he's on a vengeance path to get his heart back. That's all I needed. So this was crank with a or heart. Crank with a well, heart. Heart kidney. I got to get it back for my my niece. So so the end of the film, I'm just going to jump around and then we can just talk about it. He fights a dozen people to track down his kidney. Finally finds the person who takes the kidney but that guy put the kidney in his dying son. <laughs> well, was like then I went to the point where was how did we know he was a match? Did he know he was? Did they know this guy was going to the Philippines to donate a kidney, and did that guy have a match? So then they went to do it. And if that was the case, they would have known he was a black ops agent. They probably wouldn't have stolen a kidney from someone who had black ops connections. Right. So it was like a random kidney steal to go into their son that would be a magic fit him and his brother who I have no like i mentioned his civilian brother who is the one who's in need of the kidney his daughter they get to the place they find him when they track him down he's in there and they you see a little boy hooked up to the machine and he's like i had to save my son and the dad was going to kill the little boy to get the kidney." <laughs> I was like, this movie got really dark. Like, he has a shotgun pointed to this little boy who going to shoot to take the kidney back. And then I was like, I don't know if you can do two, I don't think the kidney's going to yeah. last two transplants, but I will let it. I'll let it go. <laughs> so, at the end, they get to the hospital, and the daughter won't get her kidney. So, she's meeting uh, Uncle Deacon uncle dinkins you know i'll tell you a story the little girl goes in the other room he gets up and he's just dripping blood he's dying they kill john claude van damme he donates his other kidney so the daughter can live but they're also believing because on the day we cut to the cemetery we're also supposed to believe that john claude van damme was born in 73 <laughs> i was like i was doing the math of when the movie I was like he's 42 in the movie no He's fifty-five yeah. on a good day, <laughs> but it, like it, it right. you know it panned over to they were there because I think the mother died too, which was not even there, and then they panned over to Deacon's Deacon something loving brother uncle or whatever bullshit they wrote on it. It's like born seventy-three to two thousand fourteen actually because I when it was made and then came out in two thousand fifteen. It's yeah. like wait, he was forty-one. I'll buy anything. Yeah. But I'm not buying Jean Claude Van Damme at forty. <laughs> <laughs> wow. So what questions do you have about pound of flesh? Um how do you not watch a movie where his kidney's stolen on uh, the kidney he's going to donate? Then he goes revenging.
1: And then he goes
0: to find it. Yes. And it's was it in the boy or It was in the boy. They when they finally got down to the point where they found the guy who orchestrated the kidney harvest. Yeah. It was in the boy already. Big business. And the boy was at the house. Not at a hospital. They didn't do uh, they didn't take the boy to the hospital, of course, to put the kidney in. They did it in the bedroom or yeah. whatever. Um and he had a gun pointed at the boy. The brother literally was going to shotgun the boy to get the kidney back for his daughter. I I, don't, I just don't like that whole scenario I was like, how You can't. It's in a boy. My daughter's going to die. He was like, my daughter's going to die. I'm going to shoot this kid in the head and <laughs> <Take laughs> the it take back. It? <laughs> and I was just like, I it's... don't think it works like that. No. And it's like, you always have to take the, disp- uh, you know, your reasoning out of some films. It's like, okay, this is just for the movie. But when there's logic points that you just can't overlook, yeah. it's like, one all right i guess they just figured out this guy was a match for this guy's son it was planned out but they would have known he was black ops yeah and and two i don't know if you can fight with your kidney just taken out i don't know if you can kill three or four people i don't think you can i know my uh my dad who's
1: no longer with us um had a kidney transplant okay and, um
0: did he, he kill had, anyone with a Bible afterwards? He, he did he actually did not. <laughs> oh okay. surprisingly. But if this movie uh, is anything to indicate it should have happened. Right. <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah,
1: so I mean he sort of something happened to his you know, he sort of passed out and like his kidney um didn't get the, you know, medicine that you have to take daily. So like he lost it. Um so just logically for this boy like you kill like you kill the not funny you kill the kid you get you rip the kidney out of him i guess and then put that into the uh to the daughter yeah and do you just drag the dead boy to the hospital yeah take it it's <laughs> like
0: i, I don't It just that whole scenario is it's like real and it's not even like comes down to lazy writing or something it's i would have rather seen the dad crumple he sees it's like a my son, I, I did it for my son and he realizes anything you would do for your kid yeah. would be powerful crumbles to the ground. And just not knowing, knowing that his daughter is going to die. Now that yeah. the only match they can find was the uncle not lift up the shotgun <laughs> and literally have to be told not to shoot a kid. I was like, that's not even lazy writing. That's not even, and that's not even like action writing. It was just, what's wrong with you? Yeah. It, yeah.
1: That's the thing. It's, it's, I understand that it might be like for shock like oh he's going to put a gun to a little boy and like cuz the boy has his, the kidney that he wants for his daughter and I kind of get that but you're right it'd be better for him to point it because that's what he I don't know how this played out but that's how he wants that's what he wants to do right is he wants to not necessarily kill the kid but he wants that kidney right and so he's going to do anything he's for he's going to do anything for but yeah he realizes that the other guy Put it in his son too and and that's what um that's what he was doing so he he recognizes that and so he can't necessarily fault him for that i mean he can but he's like i know i i like on a certain level like he gets it right um and he knows that there's no way you can take the kidney out
0: of the kid you know put it into his daughter there's just no way and it's kind of weird too like in the movie like it, there's a lot of like leaps of faith where he arrives to the hotel where he is um, going to stay the night before he donates his kidney. Um, he goes meet up, meets up with his friend. It, and there's so many things where, like, was he always a mark for this kidney? Because he sees a woman, you know, the damsel in distress thing they are saying. So he goes and fights that guy, of course, you know, because he's Jean-Claude Van Damme. He mm-hmm. fights him. And the woman's really grateful so she has sex with them because movies. While, when they're done having sex all night because, you know, John claude Van Damme, that's how he has sex. Uh, yeah. She drugs the water. He passes out then wakes up. So you're sitting there going, there's a lot of events that have to accidentally happen for this. If Was he always a mark? Were they just going to break into his room and drug him and take the kidney? Was this just a long, drawn-out thing they thought would happen you would have to know that he was going there that night knowing he would see this altercation and knowing that he would be the guy that would stop the altercation then be the guy that would go back to the hotel with that woman once again i these are things you think about afterwards at the time you're like sure uh right I, I, right, right. I, of course of course you're gonna sleep with the girl that you're protecting there's so many like factors that would have to play like if that was your master plan like, okay, when he gets, he's going to get to the hotel. This is his flight. Now he's going to go to this bar. When he gets there, start the altercation kind of to the left so he can see it. He'll come and fight, but, you know, pull some of your punches, then run away. When he takes you back to the hotel to have sex with, whose plan is this? Like, like, or or was there, like, that will be plan A. Yeah. If not, we'll just drug him. Like, he what? then it's almost like, why not at the bar, just slip him a drug and then carry him out? Like, there are so many other ways that this plan could have worked, as opposed to some long-drawn-out version that magically worked. Like, I, I don't... It, 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 yeah. I'm trying to put logic into Pound of Flesh. <laughs> I should <laughs> stop right there. But I see what you're saying. It's like
1: these... The turn of events of what played out, um, everything sort of would have to have happened for the their plan to to really work and it does play off of to who he is and what um you know what his tendencies are um would have to uh play a big role in you know their overall plan right and so like you said then they would probably have to know that he
0: was black ops
1: or former black
0: ops right so yeah like you're uh, i spent 6 months studying this guy to get his kidney should have spent your money getting a kidney for your son and not spending all your time right trying to steal a kidney. Once again, movies you can break down any movie and figure out how stupid it is. Like I mean, if you logically break down any film, right, you can just sit there and find any flaws, but and it's always easier to find flaws in things like Pound of Flesh, Shark Lake and, you know, all these other films I watch. And this one was good. It this was on par Seven point five million was—I was a little surprised because a lot of fights take place in a warehouse, <laughs> in a big room with boxes. Right. A lot of boxes and just tables that they fall into. Uh, there was a big bar scene. You know, it's like oh, yeah. they spent their money at the bar. <laughs> built the <a> bar <laughs> in that empty room, probably. So they got one room and they built a lot of sets. So it totally enjoyable. It's it's if you're watching Jean Claude Van Damme, so that's the thing with like hate watch is that. I know what level I'm going into. Watching John Con Van Damme or Nick Cage, that movie's already on a lower bar. If I'm entertained, all right, you did your job. I know what I'm getting into. If I don't know, like Nasty Baby, I expect something differently. Yeah. You know, that it's like that you can do that with any movie. So you see Nick Cage like, All right. I logic is out the window until I talk about it later and go, Holy shit, this movie made no sense other than Nick Cage.
1: Right. Yeah, I mean as far as like you know, logic, and uh, if you want to juxtapose this against other action movies, yeah, I mean you can break it down, um, and say this makes absolutely no sense, or it does only in this when these turn of events happen exactly how they happen, and then you know I can't really explain the whole putting a kid gun to the boy's head and
0: that and it was weird. That's the only thing I probably had the biggest issue with because it kind of structurally didn't make sense yeah like if you were to just if he just held it up for a second and then crumbled like he thought about it right but then just but that's not what happened no it was just like it was on the kid way too long and it wasn't like to the temple or anything because then it would have been like okay everyone needs to take a step back from the scene and retake right um but i don't know there's something about these films when it has John Claude van damme where you're like this is just what i remember as fun they're just fun dumb movies which i still enjoy there's yeah. nothing. I, I'm not gonna say guilty pleasure because I enjoy watching them. And yeah, some will make me angry. I'll be mad. I'll be mad that you made me watch. Well, no one made me watch. this. <laughs> I'm mad at John made me watch this film. For right. Me to watch. It's like exactly. you have to watch this film. You must watch. I didn't. I literally. I don't even know. And of course, I think the poster is him walking with sunglasses and an explosion behind him. And I was like, John Claude Van Damme. No explosions ever in this film but the poster was just and it was called pound of flesh and I was like I bet it I bet he beats up a lot of people in this movie and he did with a Bible I <laughs> so, but where did that come from? I, it was almost like they wanted like that like a cool fight scene like they all do now like everything has to have an element since like basically the Bourne films mm-hmm. it's like oh I'm gonna take a rolled up na- uh, magazine and beat the crap out of you but not actually kill you whereas John Clyde I think actually stabbed a guy in the eye with the uh, with the corner of the Bible. <laughs> but, I mean, he never was like... Really? Never had, like, a cool one-liner, thou shall not kill. Right. You know, I was hoping for that. I was oh, like, please. I was like, give me a Bible quote as he does it. I was like, I'll be so... Un-, but it was like... But John claude I don't think it was ever one for quippy one-liners. Like, if it was a Bruce Willis or yeah. Arnold or maybe Schwarzenegger, like, would have dropped some sort of Bible reference when he totally. know, took someone, you know take that you're you're able to my cane bitch drops the bible there it is (laughs) they probably had a take of that and it just doesn't work John Klein's like I I don't do puns I don't do uh, snarky comments it's like oh I don't say sabotage I say sabotage (laughs) no but your character does yeah i don't yeah i do but i don't yeah but you're not your character exactly yeah and then you just went great sabotage exactly (laughs) all right well as always we've uh hit almost the two hour mark we always forget to do southland tales uh well i had to save that for next time next time um probably if i can get it on laser disc will rewatch it again so i can fresher course it's on. Uh... best on labor di- laser disc absolutely oh, laser disc was a missed missed opportunity format all right well uh southland tales next week uh, everyone go watch mannequin absolutely please all right this please is a favor this is john take it easy <laughs>